Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 173. A proud member of the Dumbass Media Network. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me this evening, Mac. Good evening, everybody. Well, that was not witty. And we have Ian. <laughs> Did I actually pick that up? Yeah, some of it. Some of it came through. <laughs> and... And we have the dumbass himself. Maybe fork, we fork, maybe fork. fork? <laughs> Why are we talking about? No, he's doing the Swedish Chef. Oh, <laughs> very good. Yeah, uh, maybe I should have done the whole thing like. <laughs> yes, that's what you should have done. <laughs> How was everybody doing this evening? Good. Well, good. Not too, not too bad. Yeah. Moderately neato. Right. Fine, but not dandy. Yeah, I know. We, we Fine, know. but not dandy. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, uh, was anything going on that we need to discuss? Or got the, uh, <laughs> every year I bring up um, Anomaly Con. Yep, I will be there again this year, and this will be the final one. Kronda, um has decided she needs to break from it all, so she's um, ending it. And she but, can't get somebody else to pick that up. Ah, uh, I don't know the whole thing on that. Okay, okay. There's... It's a personal thing. Okay. So, um, there, there are rumors that some of the people who have been involved might start up their own. Well, good. All right. Well, there you go. So Anomaly Con, the last one. It's your last opportunity to be an anomaly. Isn't, isn't that it right? It's two weeks. All right. So, um, the, 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 no dates. Don't okay. crowd my mind. It is the 17th, 18th, and 19th. 17th, 18th, and 19th. And I'm, yeah, well. We might get this podcast out in time. We did we did much better last week or last podcast. So hopefully, Saw that. yeah. So hopefully we'll be a little bit better at this. Brian, were you able to get that out there with the uh, with the giant glowing blue penis on it? Yes, yes. The giant giant glowing blue penis made it to the web. Yeah, no fears. <laughs> All right. Well, if there's nothing else, glowing blue penises aside, it's time to masturbate with the masturbation moment. The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. And this week we're going all the way to Sweden. Yay! All right, so got a article here with a survey. Yeah, okay, wait. <laughs> I'm sorry, dumbass. You, you're too crackly. It may be completely gone. Yeah, completely gone. <laughs> gone to Sweden. <laughs> oh, he's back! I'm back. All right. How much of that did you catch? None of it. <laughs> <laughs> but you came back just in time to hear me making fun of you. <laughs> okay, let's go! <laughs> Let's have a podcast. <laughs> well, that. Uh, hold on, I'm, I think I'll switch to my phone's Wi-Fi. Maybe that'll help. Okay. Even professionals have problems once in a while, but we're far from that. <laughs> that's almost Bowinkle. <laughs> I thought that's what you were going for. <laughs> I don't know what I was going for. <laughs> Bowinkle's good enough. Are we watching for you to pull a rabbit out of your hat? <laughs> hey, Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Rawr! All right, I believe this is working now. Uh, okay, try it. To, okay, let's let's see what happens. Hello. Yes. It, Hello. We can hear you, but it's still okay. We. I think that the rest of us are uh, quiet. Whoa. <laughs> so, 
uh, article about a survey taken in Sweden about uh, Swedish masturbation habits. Um, not really all that much. I'd say it's probably like uh, underrepresented uh, how, how many people masturbate since it's a survey, of course. So not all that reliable. Um, it says one in three, right? Yeah. Yeah, one in what? three. Uh, times people masturbate several times a week. Uh, the participants were apparently aged between 15 and 65, which seem, seems kind of interesting. You go if you're going up to ask those kind of survey questions to a 15 year old. But well, but here's the thing: is that I, I don't I don't see in this article how they selected their participants. Um, and I don't know that you would. Can you? Uh, maybe in Sweden it's different, but here in the states, collecting masturbation inf- uh, information, you know, from teenagers is probably uh, not okay. Maybe it is okay. I-, I don't know. But was this an online survey? I mean, I have no idea. And it's only a thousand people, which, when you have an age range from fifteen to sixty-five, is uh, pretty sparse. Yeah. But anyway, uh, <laughs> this was uh, put out by. Where's the name of the group? There's a there's a couple of problems. I mean, certainly we we we're only getting you know what somebody's interpretation was of it, right? So this is a um, a piece released, but thirty yeah. percent um, of men said it took. Oh, they, this is this is the part that I thought was um, very interesting. So uh, this this survey, which makes me think that it's self selected, it says that uh, uh, researchers are questioning th- this idea that. Women take longer to orgasm because in this survey, men, uh, 32% of the men said it took two to five minutes, while 30% of the women said the same. So close, significantly close. Right. Yeah. So it makes me wonder if, if people took the survey that were much more prone to masturbation in the first place and maybe not a good actual like selection of the population of Sweden. It'd be very hard to tell, but yeah. one in three yeah. to me sounds um, low. It sounds extremely so, low. <laughs> well, wait, but yeah, that's I mean, but wait, it's, wait. It's and it's self-selected too. It's self-selected, yeah. So uh, it's but isn't that isn't that one in three is uh, so, who masturbate several times a week, right? Right, that's several times a week. So, so it doesn't that's, say that's master, right? But what not, what man actually yeah. only does it, you know, a couple times a week? But anyway, the the survey was conducted by the Swedish Association for Sexuality Education. Okay. And what I think oh, we're losing you, man. It's really cool. There's a quote that... Sorry, man. Nope. Okay, can you guys hear me? Nope. So so start over with who conducted the survey. What the hell is going on here? I don't know. You're having some problems. I, do you want to reboot your computer? You want to reboot Ian's router? <laughs> Already done. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> Damn you! <laughs> let's let's do I'll that. I'll go ahead and do that now. And Ian, Ian, you reboot your router. <laughs> so, who was the survey right, by? The survey was carried out by the Swedish Association for Sexuality Education. The Swedish Swedish Association for Sexuality Education, and um, they have a pretty good uh, quote here that I like. Uh, At the same time, we know that there are so many benefits. Talking about uh, how. Uh, uh, masturbation could be talking more about. Uh, I think an idea that we all really agree with here. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, that's one I think. There is one part of this. The, the, the idea of masturbation and sexuality being healthy is one thing I think we've been talking about since the beginning of the podcast. I know it's one of our older topics, <laughs> so yeah, we definitely have made it quite clear we agree with that. Says here, according to the research, Swedes are pretty flexible about where they choose to get to know themselves. Aside from at home, in the car, on the bus, 
in the garage, at a friend's house, and even in public toilets. I like how it's even in public toilets where they yeah, it's just on, on the, the bus. bus. Yeah, yeah. Like, public toilets almost makes a little more sense. That's kind of private. On the bus? Uh, well, wait a moment. What? <laughs> well, I mean, well, how, could you be discreet about it? I, I bet there's some people that could be that discreet about yeah. it. Unless in Sweden, you know, the bus ride has a generally assumed free show included. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, guess, I suppose if you sit at the back of the bus, like for women, uh, most of you sit at the back of the bus. Anger yourself just right, cross your legs. <laughs> All right, well, so, but what's the... I've, I've seen women on the bus who I've suspected were doing that, or at least, you know, I played in my mind as though they were doing that. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> Saving that for later, are you? <laughs> but anyway, um, the real story is the link at the bottom here about a uh, man named uh, Per Eric Muskos, uh, a counselor from the northern Swedish town of... Let me see if I can pronounce this approximately correctly. Uber to me. <laughs> Probably something like that. Uh, he said that um, people should be given a one-hour sex break paid from work. Uh, yeah, people should be paid to have sex. Is that not what this is saying? <laughs> well, actually, it kind of is. It's saying um, give them a paid break so they can go home, have Pretty sex, much, yeah. come back more relaxed and more productive. Okay. Uh, you know, it makes it makes sense for... Uh, it, it basically makes sense for a more sex-positive country. Yeah. Unlike the U.S., which is the prude. Yeah. I mean, you could Unlike... just give them a little bit of a longer lunch break. Yeah. Well, I guess it is um, instead do that in place of the siesta, is what you're saying. I guess so. <laughs> do they have siestas in... Uh... It's siesta. You know, so a li- an afternoon nap. <laughs> right. I don't, Probably not. And I... I I don't know. Did, you know, does even wasn't that a Mexican thing? Do they even do that anymore? That's Mexican, and I, you know, it's it's not just Mexican though. Apparently, um, an afternoon nap is real big in a lot of different areas in Europe. Okay, the U.S. would frown upon that, even if well, it makes of sense. Of course, we would, because we would see that as being lazy. What is what is what is this? Fuka, fika, 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 fika. What is that? I'm not sure. After fika. Hmm. No, yeah, our, our attitude about breaks and stuff here in the U.S., but that's why, um, what is the guy from Virgin, what's his name? Elon Musk. No, that's not, not that Virgin. Nope, that's not Virgin. No, th- there was one guy who basically, um, God, he, he came out, you know, a billionaire and said, you know what, I don't care how many hours per week my people work, as long as they get their jobs done, if they come in and can do it with um, 20 hours a week, fine. That, that, let them work 20 hours a week. His focus wasn't on how many hours you week. It's on how productive you are with that time. And so basically, if you're getting your job, as far as he was concerned, if you're getting your job done within a reasonable amount of time, you don't have to um, do a 40-hour week work because there, there is some stuff out there that says um, 40 hours a week is even too much. We are pushing ourselves and driving us. Is that So Josh? the idea of finding more ways to relax during the week is actually healthy. You know, um, the current, I think the current CEO is Josh... Bayless, is that who you're thinking, or is it the previous CEO? No, it's the owner, the guy. He, yeah. So he's it was, known so for be- Richard uh, Bronson. Bronson. That sounds I right. I thought I thought Musk was Virgin. No, 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 no. You're incorrect. That that he's SpaceX. Okay. He's also he also used to be he also started PayPal. Um, yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, that sounds right. The, what you call it. Richard but, yeah, Branson? Um, like, uh, yeah. Like said, he came out and. Had done a whole press release about saying, 
you know, that, that's going to be his new policy because, you know, if you're getting your job done, get rest, go out, have fun, enjoy life. That That's going to make you healthier and happier, more productive. Well, that's that's what really matters, whether you do your work. Yeah. That's, you know, that's and pretty so, much my boss's attitude, actually. You know, um, so that he, it's because we have people, you know, that that leave early and, and but they're you know they 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 log in they do the work from home things are getting done so he so he's so even though they're not working in the office they're still doing a lot of hours at home here and there but they have more control and flexibility over that yeah but no i i think that's one thing we do need to look at in the states is finding more ways to relax more things to do to get us not, you know get the stress down get under control get it so that um we are focused and i have found that generally if, if i have more time to have fun, I am going to be more productive at my job. No, they've shown that vacations are actually a good thing, that people come back and are more productive, and people who don't take vacations are less productive. I think it's also, you know, people who work, you know, 40, 50 hours, or not even up, but like these 60-hour works that people are always at work are probably less efficient and and are not getting, you know, they could probably work more efficiently or they could work fewer hours and and be more efficient. So I think that there's a lot of wasted time with these people that claim that they're working 60 hours a week. And regretfully, our system isn't really set up to reward productivity. The basic hour-based system doesn't do that. You know, you're paid for the the time, not your productivity. You goof off, you still get paid. So, yeah, um, we we definitely don't have a system that, that wants you to be productive. Well, also, we've got this attitude that uh, I think a lot comes from the Victorian area and I think specifically uh, Industrial Revolution, where we, we think that um, nose to the grindstone, you know, and having like this really stringent work ethic is the huge virtue. Well, having a work e- ethic is, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to. I, um, yeah, of, co- of course, you've got yeah. to have a worth it, work ethic, yeah. you know. But so I mean, like, yeah. like really stringent as in, you know, you got to put – Really put in the right. hour, and you can't uh, waste and time on enjoying yourself. On. So this right. uh, this article says that after um, the Finns and the French, the Swedish full time employed workers are the least in Europe, with uh, only uh, sixteen one thousand six hundred eighty five hours uh, on average in two th- in twenty fifteen. So I don't know how many that is per week. Um, on average, the hours, but it's certainly a lot less than I'm working. <laughs> it says Brits work an average of um, 1,900 hours and Germans 1,847. Well, and the Germans are, get a lot of vacation time. Yeah. Let's see, 32 hours a week. And I think the French are, um, uh, I think there's a law saying they can only work 30 hours a week. So, yeah. So, And I think most of us are probably, well, I know that I, you know, I'm putting in 40 hours plus per week. Likewise. Yeah, so that's not happening here in the U.S. I don't know. How, is Canada the same way as far as work ethics? I think so. Yeah. So. I mean, I work for myself, and uh, I've never actually, you know, had a big nine-to-five job or anything. So it's hard for me to know. But you know, I guess as if you work for yourself, you've got it's a thing that you have to do. You have to put in the hours. Sure. Right. Sure. Well, you kind of have you know contracts or projects that you have to. They just have to get done. How I many? You know. They, exactly. Yeah. So it's different. But. You you are controlling your own hours and you're putting them in when you want to, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's kind of a benefit that a lot of us don't have. And, and in some right. ways, you know, that doesn't make sense for me anyway because I kind of need to be available when other people are working as in a support role. So so, but you know, there's gives and takes to all that. But certainly, yeah. you know, I'm I'm putting in a lot more than um than than the Swedes are <laughs> to work every week. <laughs> I kind of kind of veered off there. So. so, so you need? Do you need the hour a day to come home and get some? 
Yeah, but that doesn't include travel time. It's part of the problem, too. I mean, oh, I, I'm, I, it's going to take me, you know, I, I'm going to waste that whole hour in travel time. So, you know, I, maybe maybe my wife needs to <laughs> so come to the be, office. You better be real quick about it. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to work for me. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Anyway, so hey, so Pat Robertson said something stupid this week. No, no. way, not Pat <laughs> Robertson. Are I know. you sure we're talking about the same Pat Robertson? Well, yeah, I, I know. I was as shocked as the rest of you. But what did this old coot have to say, Mac? Well, he uh, intimated that if your children are not not behaving in a Christian fashion and are not respectful, that they should be properly disciplined until they until they are basically in, in he intimated that uh you should beat your teenagers until they're christian enough. okay but here's the thing this is specifically from a letter of two of, of the parents of the daughter's house that they didn't go to for christmas this year they opted not to because apparently the kids of the um the daughter and 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 the father and father-in-law oh not and not father-in-law um, their son-in-law, um, they said one of them always comes comes home stoned. Which, yep. h- how do they know? Do they even know what the, what that really is? I mean, so I, I don't know what's well, going on there. In my experience, quite often the um, people that claim that of kids or grandkids are normally the real paranoid ones that believe the kids are out there doing every <clears throat> evil thing imaginable. Right. Yeah, so they may just simply be assuming the kid's stoned anyway. And then the other one is it sounds like and I don't exactly know what's going on here but the but the but the the son and he sounds like a teenager is disrespectful to their beliefs and and apparently so he's challenging them on their beliefs. Yeah, well yep. it sounds like the son-in-law is not a Christian. He he is not a Christian. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. The son-in-law is not a Christian and so he's kind of taught the grandson um to not be either. And that's right. My guess is that's where most of it comes from. Right. Uh, so here's the, the thing. The other stuff is them adding it in, making it sound bigger. And and they want them to be respectful to their beliefs. But I'm sorry, beliefs do not get, do not deserve respect, period. But the problem is that people are so bound up with their beliefs that they 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 confuse the challenging of beliefs and not disrespecting beliefs to not disrespecting the person who holds those beliefs. But they're not the same thing. And so so it is difficult sometimes to have these discussions. And I'm imagining that a teenage boy is may not be the most respectful when it comes to having these yeah. discussions. But also some of this stuff, um, it sounds like the daughter knew her husband didn't share the same beliefs. And if it's something they argue all the time, that suggests that maybe they shouldn't be together if that's such a big deal. I won't go into the beating thing. I, I mean, the idea that let's beat the grandson until he comes around. Is messed up. This should not be a couple. If, if they have these kind of arguments sure. over something that means that much to her, that, that says there's a problem. But the other thing is that Pat Robertson didn't even hear most of this letter because his response yeah. is so off kilter. Like, because he's basically asking in this, in this, in this, where is the father? If he does, I mean, is he is he out of the picture? And it's like, no, it's said in there very specifically that he was also disrespectful to the beliefs. Yeah, right. It actually sounds like yeah. the father and son probably have a good relationship. With each other. Well, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like dad is 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 the is an atheist and mom's a Christian, and they and they have not really um, worked that out amongst themselves. But we're right. but we're adding so much to this letter. It's hard to say based on what this no, letter. Yeah, yeah we, we should we should keep but, in mind that we don't know exactly like we we didn't witness the encounter between the grandson right. 
about the stuff. So it could be that the grandson was being kind of a dick. Well, he probably yeah, was. I don't doubt that for a second. Dick or not, you don't you don't make people follow your beliefs by beating them. Right. That's the that other thing. Yeah. yeah. So basically, well, that's, yeah, that's a, one of my main arguments with a lot of people who are talking about how dangerous Muslims are. I can honestly say I've never had a Muslim threaten me with violence over the fact that I didn't share his beliefs. I can't say that about Christians. Right, but I have had Christians threaten me because I'm an atheist. Pat Roberts. That, uh, Pat Robertson that, that says a lot. Yeah, Pat Robertson said that this child need to be needed to be beat until he respected Christianity. He also said that is that if somebody didn't start beating this kid now, he was going to end up in prison. <laughs> But we know that it's the reverse. <laughs> we know that yep. the way that this works is you beat the kid, they have anger issues, and they end up in prison. <laughs> well, but but see, at least if you beat the kid and he ends up in prison, you'll be there first. Well, that's <laughs> the other hope. thing here is that I, it sounds like he I mean, he he this is basically advocating child abuse as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Yeah. Which is, you know, I don't know if it's new for Pat Robertson to be advocating child abuse or not. It's but. not. No, he's he's a very he is a very much a uh, spare the rod, spoil the child type of Christian. So I I bet you this is. I, it seems to me that I have heard him say stuff like this before. He is always talking about beating kids, and uh, so yeah. I, and well, and you, you could back. I could back that up. I'm sure. Up, when your kids act up, you get the Nerf gun out and start hunting them down and shoot them. Over and over and over and over again. Okay, but he's not but, recommending a, a a Nerf gun. He's like, you know, he's I know. he's on the verge of That's indicating right, caning them. <laughs> should you no, no, should no, you I, cane your child, Pat Robertson? Well, that does depend on what exactly they did. If they're bad mouthing God, I think bringing out the cane is uh, pretty reasonable. And then I, I my, my boys are weirdly well behaved. I haven't even figured that one out because um, they are far better behaved than I was at their age, and we've never. Push discipline on them heavily at all, so, right, but you have yeah, disciplined your kids, but you haven't you haven't beat them. No, at most time they don't need. To. Well, and I, I, I mean, yeah, I that's one thing you know. Well, you I, can tell us about your perfect kids some other time. Yeah, <laughs> no, they're not perfect, they're brats, <laughs> but they're extremely. They are far better behaved than I was, and you know, my parents were much more strict with me. So, well, I, I I'm not. I would say that my kids are fairly. Um, well behaved as well, but you know we we do have um talks when about things. You know when when things. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, when there's a problem, you sit down, you talk to them, you treat them like adults, basically. Right. Yeah. Say, okay, this is what's going on. This is what we have to start doing. This is the solution. You actually treat you treat you. You're probably like me. You treat them with a certain level of respect that says, hey, I, I won't work with you. I will make sure you know what's happening changes. But I'm not going to act like you're a complete total idiot and I have to beat it into you. Right. But here's the thing right? is that that amount of reason actually didn't come until they, until they became teenagers. And so it's kind of interesting is that teenagers are kind of – they get rebellious maybe, uh, probably a lot. But that's when you can actually start reasoning with them too. I, you know, when they're, when they're little, it's harder to reason with them. But you still, you still try. I mean, certainly we're not parenting experts and I, I, I mean no. we, we've had our share of issues. But- I, I'd say look at the results. So, yeah. So in, in my experience, the, the kids I've seen that ha- that act up the most, that have the most um, lack of discipline and stuff, have been the ones where you, the, you know the parents spank them. You, you know, you, you know the parents basically are you've done something wrong. I'm punishing you for it and move on. 
but part of that's yeah. genetics too. We can't, we cannot, I yeah. mean, part of it is certain kids ha- are genetically predispositioned to act certain ways too. And, and, but a lot of those come from, you know, we pass those genes down, right? So I don't, I don't have an answer. I, I don't know what the right answer is. Mm. I'm not even going to pretend to, <laughs> but I don't think that taking them and beating them to, um, beating beliefs into them is the way to go. Oh, I, I think, I absolutely think what Pat Robertson's suggesting here is cruel. Oh yeah. Beyond belief. Yeah. All right. Ah. Oh. I'm so glad that we have chiropractors back in the news. So, what, what were you feeling lonely for him, Brian? I, you know, I, I was. Now, I, I, this is uh, from Patheos, but I, did you follow any of the links of of these? I, I, I looked at this somewhat. I didn't look into it that much. You know, I find that Patheos. The more I read it, Patheos is definitely opinion pieces, and sometimes is um, you get better. Um, you, the better information is from the links that they, if that they source, but at least they source stuff, right? At least you can go see. Okay, where are they making their opinions from? But right. I didn't. But did you do that with this article? I mean, is this no. a real product? Um, I, no. It, it, the guy has put a um, patent. Okay. So it, it's not on the market. He's he's putting a patent for it, trying to say it should be on the market. Well, but here's the thing: is you can put stuff on the market without patenting it. The, the patent protects somebody else from taking your idea. It doesn't procure you from actually doing it because a lot of times we see products that say patent pending. And remember that patents are a, 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 like a three to four year process, right? And there and there's lots of steps. But prior, so you so prior well, I, to you getting no, a patent, I didn't see, any, oh. I didn't well, see why, anything why in the article that said it's on the market. Okay. It said, it said specifically it wasn't on the market. Why don't we go ahead and describe what this product okay. actually is? Oh, okay. So yeah, do, sure. Well, do, okay. The, the, the title of the article actually says a lot. Male chiropractor who invented a mental product of our nightmares is stunned by the backlash. The um, product in question is basically a – it looks look at, like the idea they'll come in a lipstick-style container, and it is basically super glue for a woman's vagina. Right, that gets released when by urine. So urine's supposed yes. to break it out, break it down. So the idea is instead of having to use maxi pads and tampons, the women can instead glue their vaginas shut and have it all build up until they're ready to urinate. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, just the description alone, you're saying like, how can anyone possibly think this sounds like something women would want to do? Well, not only that, he's confusing the urethra with the yeah. vagina. Well, yeah, I suppose it's possible that you know, like if your if your lips are glued together and you pee, that uh, the pee could get down to. But I guess that wouldn't. <laughs> so, so you're now, trying to yeah. put logic on this. Yeah. Uh, don't don't try to put logic on this one. This is really. Um, I, I don't really have anything to say on that. So here's the other thing that that kind of got me about this is that. He, you, he's denying the fact that the one. Of, see, one of the things you have to worry about with tampons is, I, um, if they're in there too long, right? You can get uh, toxic shock. Yeah, toxic shock. So you have to get so that stuff. One of the reasons that it releases is because it, you know the body needs to excrete that stuff, and right. so there's no guarantee that um, between the times that you pee would be enough, depending on your flow rate. And right. what's the keep? The, and what is the keep? the other uh, liquids in the vagina, the, the secretions, from breaking down this product. What, what is it special about urine that does it? Yeah, there's nothing about this that makes any sense. And I can't see it. So I don't there's, a, 
There's a whole lot of what seems like magical thinking here. A lot yeah. of magical thinking is going on here. Um, a lot of misunderstanding of the female body. And there's no way that this would pass the uh, an FDA uh, review, I imagine. And it certainly you know, I mean, hasn't been tested. If it, even if it did, even if the guy did actually make a product like that, it's kind of like you know, women will see a stupid product and they'll and they'll just like. Yeah, I'm not buying that. Right. So, but this is a man telling telling a woman that they should glue her labia shut. Going off of some of what we talked about last podcast, because it seems like he thinks it's really nasty that women right. have periods. I mean, yeah. A lot of the stuff he says in in his replies it talks about how nasty it all is. And it's like you know, oh, dude, grow up. Well, and the other thing he talks about how women are so unproductive because they spend so much time worrying about their period that they're not that they're not you know spending yeah. enough time working. I mean, the whole thing is incredibly degrading, this stuff that he says. He says, um, women are forced um, on the on the distraction by your period 25% of the time. Okay, I, 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 where the hell is he coming up with that statistic? 25% um, of the time? Well, you know, um, 87% of the statistics are made up. <laughs> but uh, fortunately, only 13% of people believe that. Right. Thank, thank you for clarifying. No it is kind of an interesting thing. People do these kinds of studies all the time. They're like, oh, this, uh, this factor or this other factor takes away this much percent uh, of our productivity at work. Um, you know, if we, and if we could just deal with it. And th- those always strike me as kind of weird because productivity at work is kind of like it adjusts to fit what time you have. That is very true. Absolutely true. Yep. So the, these kinds of calculations they make as though it was a zero-sum game. Right. Well, but here's the thing, that this this idea that they're distracted by their periods 25% of the time, number one, they're, they're, they're not, right? I mean, I... Bet, I <laughs> you have to love the, um, his reply to the negative. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Okay, well, no, so he's upset because he's getting a lot of backlash on that, but yeah. this is coming from the LGBT community. <laughs> yeah, just claim. A lot of the LGBT community, lesbians in particular... Are furious at me because I'm a white straight man. <laughs> well, that's reason what? enough, right? That's reason enough. I, I'm I, I can I can appreciate where they're coming from there. Yeah, I, I think it's a bit more than that, buddy. I really <laughs> do. But no, that, right. that's one of those things where it's like the, the guy's just clueless on every single fucking. Yeah, well, and so he's a chiropractor number one. So it's not even his area of expertise. And well, so no, wait. Okay, sorry. The uh, vagina is in some way attached to the spine. <laughs> so I can see this. Here's the thing: I, there, there. It does look like this patent is real that he that he's applying for. So it actually, but it says that I don't know. I don't understand this. It gives the U.S. patent number, a patent type grant. So he's asking to be granted a patent. It looks like uh, the application. It says uh, I don't know if this this doesn't look like a date. It looks like some sort of a number. So an application number. Publication date was January tenth, twenty seventeen. The inventor is Daniel Drops. Drops, and so I—I I, I don't know. I, I. Well, you know, a lot of people have really stupid ideas for products, and sometimes they even make it to the mark market. It's sure, sure. Well, like I said, and you... really, all you need to do to get a patent for something is apply for it and have something that is patentable. It doesn't have to be useful, right? But. Uh, one of the one of one of the requirements is that the uh, the product has to exist. So he has to have already made this to to get a patent. Now that doesn't mean that everybody who gets a patent has actually um, built their product. 
Uh, that's one of the one of the issues we see with software patents. Um, but that is supposed to be one of the defining you know criteria. I wonder if he's actually had any women use it. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, but- product testing definitely would be interesting. Dumbass, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to go do a fetish search for women who've used that product. Because if it's if it's if if it's out there, I haven't. If it's out there, there's a porn fetish for it. So this is so the product is at menzies.com, M-E-N-S-E-Z.com. Female, oh no, feminine lipstick is what it's called. But here's the thing: is that this doesn't say anything. Wait, about uh, oh, cosmetics it? for the vagina. We've got a new killer product here. Right. It, but, but, actual vagina lipstick make it look uh, redder or pinker or right but here's the thing is that this product doesn't say anything about gluing it together i, I the, when you go to the site I, I i don't know i i'm questioning this whole article i'm questioning the validity of the whole article yes that this this menzies feminine lipstick exists but it says nothing about the way that this person writing this this is, is saying that this can be used nothing this whole article is bunk i'm calling bullshit I'd have to read through the patent. I'm calling shenanigans. Yeah, I'm calling shenanigans. I, I haven't read through the patent, but so far, I, I, I'm not seeing I'm not seeing anything on their on the website for this product that would indicate what what this um, article is saying. Nothing. So yeah, the product exists, but it doesn't sound like the product does what the, what they're claiming it does. It, it you know it is a um, amino acids and oils in the lipstick, but but those things wouldn't create a glue. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, uh, bullshit. I'm calling bullshit. This, this, uh, let's see. How about blush for you? Uh, fine. I, you know what? Whatever you want to, it is not glue. Wait, here, 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 here's the thing. Elite control idea. Menses is, no, is a new idea. Natural feminine health uh, products, amino acids. It is not glue. The labia minora, wait, attaches to each other and then sticks together a little bit. And the appearance. Well, only so it does actually. It is supposed to kind of make them stick together. And it does a lot, sound an awful lot like glue to me, right? But it doesn't say any. It doesn't say that it's going to keep in menstrual liquids, does it? Uh, retain menstrual fluids? Yeah. No. Okay. No. Never mind. I'm wrong. It says exactly what it does. <laughs> it just. I, it just seems like such a stupid product. That can you blame me for being a little skeptical here? This is I, I don't not at all. <laughs> Now, the site tries not to say much. I, I agree with that. Look yeah, the it took me a little while. It well, it took me a little while to finally track this piece down, but it's in the index. But uh, looking at just the front page and stuff, it doesn't really say much about it. Yeah, it's called the feminine lipstick. Well, I found it, and it does say what is it? Safe, secure, and better for the environment. It uh, it's in development, and the product is not. It is not a product yet. The whole thing looks like a total. It lo- it still looks like total bullshit to me. I mean, it it looks like a like like a uh, it, it looks like a a fake news site, if you will. Well, it feels like it should be. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. So, and the fact that it's not a real product yet, I mean, makes me think that nobody intends to make this product. That they just put up the page. You hope not. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, anyway, so uh, they, 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 yeah, onwards, not necessarily upwards. All right. So the next piece that I put, I put this on here, and here's this is the problem. The, this article, uh, Mike Pre- Mike Pence promises to create a department of anti witchcraft, and I I saw this article on Patheos, 
I guess maybe maybe it's, maybe they have a special section for this. Is this in a special section? I I don't know. I just I I was I, this is um, a satirical piece, right? But it's on Patheos, and you guys may disagree with me, but my my feeling is that you you either have a site that is dedicated to giving information and opinions, or you have a fake news site, or or you have a satirical site. But mixing it like this is where things start. We start to have problems because well, if somebody that's where you have that's where you have what's called fake news, right? That's where you actually have fake news. So this particular article is just is just a spoof. And I look up here, and and it says it says laughing in disbelief, uh, you know. But there, until you click on the links in here, nothing nothing tells you that it's a satirical site. But once you click on the link, it says, "Hey, this is a, this is satirical." But not till you get there. And so if somebody read this and didn't click on any of the links. Would they know that this was satire? I mean, I read this and I went, "This is total bullshit," and I and I started looking it up on Google and stuff like that. And yeah, it is right. There, you could put a million different disclaimers right ahead of time saying, "Listen, dumbass, this is all bullshit satire. Get a sense of humor." And Sorry for falling people for it. That would not catch it. Okay. We still have people who don't understand the onion is satire. Very true. That's true. We do. So so here's the thing. It. Is it a good idea to mix these two things the way that, the way that we have here? I mean, I suppose there's an argument to be made that uh, fooling people is a way of teaching them. I mean, to like have a better bullshit detector. But uh, I think if you're going for uh, a serious news site, you if, if you've got to like make sure that you treat everything on your site in the right. same way. So, like, but and the and I guess you know the argument here is that's not what Patheos is. Patheos is an opinion site. Right, it's not necessarily a news site. It links to news, but it, a lot of times it's people's opinion on the news. Uh, yeah, if it's an opinion site, I, I'd be much more. Leaning yeah, so with, maybe yeah, maybe that is okay. I mean, I just I just wanted to bring it up. It's like I I just I was not sure. I mean, Patheos well, isn't the onion. If, if you've got if you've got CNN and you bring on Alec Baldwin playing Trump on CNN, then you crossed a line. Not if you're talking about what Saturday Night Live is doing. Not if you're talking about what Saturday Night Live was. So it but does. If you the, bring on, but if you bring on on CNN, Alec Baldwin playing Trump, and you interview him on CNN as if he is Trump, then you've crossed the line, and you're no longer playing news. Right, I agree. And so, and so, Although I don't there's know. Very little chance that you will fool anybody into believing you're actually having. Uh, Trump. You might. You have to remember back with Sarah Palin, a lot of people confused her. And the Saturday Night Live version of her, and weren't sure which one was the real one, and um, what she that, really that said. is true because Tina Fey. It was hard to tell. Yeah. So, I mean, if you didn't well, know, T- Tina, Tina Fey, Fey had exactly the right uh, bone structure right. and everything for that. But there were there were people that got Saturday Night Live confused with the actual news and were, were, did believe T- um, Sarah Palin said stuff like you could see Russia from my house. Well, and let's not forget that there also people made the mistake that Sarah Palin was a legitimate candidate. <laughs> that is true. And, uh, you know, I think now we know, after all this time, that Tina Fey was the actual one. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm I, looking at the amount of stuff that we have from Patheos, even though we're, uh, when we're here. But it's important. I guess, I guess that this, this makes this so important, is that when you're reading a piece like this, you've got to follow the sources and read them. And that's, that's it's extremely important when, when you're looking at an opinion piece, especially— you have to go read the sources that they came from, and then you have to look and say, "Well, did they? Is that really what the article said?" 
Oh, yeah, from the get-go with this podcast, we keep telling our listeners, you know, follow through beyond what we give you even. Make make sure you're not getting all your information from us because we're idiots and we know it. Right. Question everything, especially us. <laughs> um, I brought up last week how um, uh, Idaho was uh, – um, Idaho was – they're, they're having some discussions about, you know, about these, uh, they're called religious shield laws. And actually, they haven't been around that long, and most states do not have them. It's only like six or seven states that actually have these religious shield laws. What these religious shield laws do is it provides, uh, it provides a way for people to claim certain religious exemptions to other laws. And in this case, it's getting proper treatment for your, for your children and replacing it with, uh, with prayer. In most cases, um, th- and I suppose that you could also uh, extend this to homeopathy and other tr- uh, other you know treatments that don't work. But in this particular case, we're we're talking specifically about about these religious shield laws, and in this case, Idaho in particular. One um, uh, so they're looking. Th- there is a discussion going on at least. Um, but this sheriff in um, th- it says uh, county sheriff, and I don't. I didn't. What is his name? Anyway, he is is not happy with with the religious shield laws because you know he he wants to prosecute these people, and the uh, it's actually the coroner that is saying you know that uh, she she doesn't want to see these people prosecuted. They 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 should be able to to practice as they want. And then there's a uh, another woman that got uh, who left the followers of faith Christ or followers of Christ Church, who is really trying to bring up awareness to what's going on. And so there there's some issues. That um, the coroner uh, made some statements about how she saw one to two or the one one to three of these per month, and then she said, "No, no, let me." I, she came back and said, uh, "Let me clarify. It's one one to three a year." But there's a huge question about how many of them are actually getting reported. So it, there there's a a good chance that there are kids that are dying that are we're never hearing about, and the sheriff believes that the uh, the person who's trying to raise awareness of this she's saying that most of them aren't being heard about and well and if you've got the coroner saying one to three a month and then changing it and saying i'm sorry one to three a year the per- the court person who makes the determination as to whether that's what's happened is the coroner so you've got if the coroner is sympathetic to it right that's a problem i i think yeah, that, yeah that's a, that's a really and that's so that's why i'm saying they they might they might have a bad coroner in, in this in here but um, what the, I like what the sheriff had to say about it. He says, "Listen, all I need is one. One is too many. That, right. that, so I don't care if it's I don't care if it's one uh, a year or one a month. It's too many. And we always. I mean, I I'm sure that for every one that we're hearing about, there's several that we're not. So Most yeah. So anyway, so I I'm encouraged that at least uh, Idaho is having a discussion about it. Now the woman who's who is really pushing this that um. That is an ex-member of the uh, followers of Christ Church. She doesn't think it's going to happen this year, but I mean, they're they're having enough deaths. It's being publicized that uh, there is information getting out. So we'll see what happens. I think it was it isn't Oregon that finally got um, got rid of the religious shield law. So I mean, I, I think that it's happening, um, but it's going to be a slow process because you know religion has such a hold, in, in, you know, in these areas. Well, and. Idaho also is such a uh, kind of a bastion for individuality, and people really don't like to mess with other people's rights in Idaho. Yeah, 
yeah, there, there's there's some of that going on, but so we'll see uh, what happens what happens there. Um, but like I said, they're having a discussion. There's more stuff coming out. The the, the sheriff for the area is coming out and, and talking about it. So it, it's better than it being you know nobody talking about it. So it's got that. So at least we got that going on. Do we want to do this next one or should we go on to something else? The next one here is about homeopathic teething products that have actual belladonna in them that are are the U.S. Oh, actually, no. We I do want to talk about this. Um, we we the, these products, um, these homeopathic products that are being there, they have been tested um, by the FDA, and they were found to have actual amounts of belladonna in them. So clearly, the process that they're being uh, being made with is not very homeopathic, actually. Um, and so the and these products have been removed from the market here in the U.S. I guess. But Canada. I actually looked it up. Apparently, um, there oh, are two different uh, systems for labeling uh, homeopathic products. Like I think it was CC and X or something. And, oh yeah. Okay. Um, uh, one of them is like much lower dilution, like half of it. That's the, the X. And you can get like so the yeah, X is one really to low. yeah X is one to ten, C is one to a hundred. So you can get you can get uh, situations where um, you homeopathic formulas actually do have measurable quantities of the uh, product in them, which is kind of strange since the whole idea is supposed to be that if you the more you dilute them, the stronger they get. Why wouldn't you dilute them more? Well, because it takes so much water. That So the problem with these whole products is that the actual process to make them is is so water intensive that we don't that there isn't enough water. You, there's no way that you're going to do a, you know, a 10C dilution or a 20C dilution. Even a 10C dilution is a lot of water. So the idea is that you take one drop for every 10 drops of water and then you take that and put that into 10 drops of water. So now you got a 2X dilution. And you do that 3, 4, whatever, right? But think about the time that it takes to do that. So they're they're I'm sure that they're cheating their process. I'm sure that these homeopathic providers are cheating their process. And so, you think I, they're using a dirty glove when they shake them? I think they're using a dirty glove when they shake them. Yeah. Damn it. And 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 I wonder if they're succussing it properly. I wonder if you could really call these things homeopathic. But anyway, so you know, here in the states, they, they're um, now, how how would you test for that? I don't know. <laughs> you you don't. Basically, the basically if if it's a proper um, homeopathic dilution, like Dumbass said, there should be nothing left in it because it becomes stronger the more that you dilute it. So that's how you test for it. You test for it by testing. Is this in that? No, it's not great. The proper homeopathic. Yeah, about about that, right? Yeah, you're never and and then I don't know. Can you tell if water's been succussed or not? Can you look for bruising in the water to see if maybe you know it's been properly yeah. succussed? You know, it's like bruising gin. It's like oh, I want that shaken, not stirred. It's like what 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 are you talking about? You can't bruise gin. Yeah, just ask it if it remembers the uh... <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Just ask. You ask the water if it remembers. How do you test to see if it if it has a memory of belladonna? So, so um, the FTC. Go to picture of belladonna. See if it reacts. So the FTC recognizes homeopathic uh, drug claims um, that are not substantiated uh, by basically in, in the U.S. They they've they've been exempt from having to prove their claims and stuff like that. And so the new the the new regulations will force homeopathic members makers to back up their claims. Um, we'll see what happens under the Trump administration. Administration, he's already rolling back some of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so some of these kinds of protections. So, we'll we'll see if this actually goes through. But it is promising that they're looking at um, 
uh, taking away basically the exemption that uh, homeopathic products have had in, in the U.S. And it seems like they have the same kind of exemptions in uh, in Canada as well. Uh, yes, we do have uh, certain regular. I, I don't know all the details. Yeah, so I, I think that uh, the TGA tested these products. It says I'm not sure who the who is the TGA. Uh, the TGA investes, investes a range of the FDA and an FDA warn warning found no issues and took no action. So it's it's largely being ignored. But this says in particular, it's a point. It's, it's pointing at Australia, and there's been ten infant deaths in the U.S. from using these products. And there's probably been more. These are probably the only ones that are associated. That's the problem with all this stuff is that, you know, the numbers is like, you, you, you know, you know, if you got 10 for sure, how many did you miss? So, yeah, so it would be best if these products were regulated and tested the same way that we do other drugs. But and that's expensive. And, you know, the, the, the thing has always been, well, if you, you know, you're going to cause them to come off the market. Well, yeah, but they're making it. They're making enough money that, you know, that they should be able to test these things because homeopathic products aren't cheap. They aren't cheaper. No. You might as well buy a thing of Tic Tacs. Right. Well, well you, but actually, it'll be safer too. You know, because think about actually, it. Because Ryan, let me let me make a point about not cheaper. Homeopathic products are not cheaper than over-the-counter stuff, but in a lot of cases, homeopathic products are perceived as a cheaper alternative to actually going and seeing a doctor. Oh, that is true, right? It, yeah, that. And, but that's it. That's I a, think. I think that's a huge part of the appeal right there is, you know, if you've got people who are afraid to, you know, afraid to deal with health insurance stuff, you show them something that is like medicine, but better, or at least that's what they're being told. Right, perceived, it's like yeah. medicine, but better. And right. this is what medical, this is what medicine doesn't want you to know, right, et exactly cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Then, you know, suddenly you've got doctors will hate you. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so you you're you're onto something there, and you're pointing out a failure in our healthcare system more than anything else. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm pointing out um, a, a long time systemic thing with our healthcare system, where the more expensive it gets, the more you're going to drive people to go look for alternatives. Okay, but to be fair, you should never have belladonna in a product that you're selling. It just shouldn't be there in, what if in, it's in the health same problems. NXTD? Uh, uh, you, you mean the the starving artist, the the the, the struggling singer? Well, yeah. What if it's a CV, <laughs> what if it's a Stevie Nicks CD? I, I don't. Uh, a belladonna should be in it because it is belladonna. Okay, that's fine. But in a teething product, in a homeopathic teething product, there should be no belladonna. Can, can we can we agree on that? Oh, I can agree on. That. Oh, okay. Okay. On good. That. All right. Unless the baby's teething to Stevie Nicks. <sighs> but that's child abuse. I don't think we necessarily agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Anyway, I. I the, the the end result is 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 I hope that they get that that the that they push through and they regulate these products as they should be regulated right for and and that they're being checked for safety so and I guess there's um they I guess I should also say that some Australian department tested them and found nothing but there's questions on on their testing procedures well if, wait a minute if they tested them and found nothing then it it must be incredibly dangerous <laughs> too strong right too strong yep all right. Maya Milo Yiannopoulos. Maya, I'm not saying. Remember, we talked about him regarding Leslie Jones. Yeah, this is the internet troll. He was a jackass of the week last week. Yeah, he's the one who was body shaming Leslie Jones for for dress. Yes. Okay. Um. So this would be under the give him enough rope and he'll hang himself department. 
uh, basically this guy had a lot of free reign to say whatever he wanted to. And he said some things that went a little bit too far, even for the alt-right. Basically, he, he made a comment at which he indicated that some, some, uh, young teens relationships with older men are perfectly consensual and perfectly natural. Well, he so basically he's... talked about his own relationship with the was young. Yeah. Didn't he do that on Bill Maher? Might've been. I, I forget what show it was, but yeah, he basically came out and talked about how, um, Bill Maher. <laughs> he, he came out and basically went off about, um, how, um, great the relationship he had with his young priest was and how he learned all his stuff back then. And basically made, made it sound like all, Going off of the um, messed up um, stereotype that all homosexuals were abused when they were young, he, he actually went off on some of that as well. And it, yeah, the, the stuff he was saying was justifying it. Yeah, he was saying wow. it's all right to be sexually molested, make you better lover kind of thing. And he, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it is kind of interesting because I've talked to people before who, who have had relationships with adults when they were younger and they've had a pleasant experience of it. Well, of course, that is not to say that it's ever a good idea for to pursue that kind of a relationship. Yeah. But it is, well, it is interesting when you come across people who've had those kinds of experiences and uh, feel like it was a positive thing in their life. Not all of them are abused in the same way. Yeah, that's, that's one of the big things with the issue. It's not all abuse. And it's not, but, you know, our standards have to be a certain way. And it makes sense why they are. And the way he was saying it, he was, he was, it sounded like he was just defending it across the board. And I, I think we are a bit weird when it comes to some of our um, underage sex issues. I've even talked to my boys about this one because technically, if one of my boys was alone with his girlfriend, they were both naked in the same room together, nothing illegal is happening. Yet, if my boy decided to take a picture of himself naked and send it to her, that becomes illegal and he can go to jail for that. And he, and for child porn. Yes. And so that, that's where everything gets really weird. Yeah, we definitely yeah, yeah. treat, uh, we, we don't know how to treat minors sexually in any way that makes sense. Okay, but here's the thing, is that this comes down to me as an issue of consent. Right. And so it really becomes important when we think it's when a child is is mentally aware enough to make that make that consent right and so and and also the situation there are times where they're old enough but under certain situations you have to factor in you know were they pressured into it things like that and it gets that's where so much stuff gets tricky and that's why we have to have the laws we have you you have to draw the line somewhere even if you know it's not going to work as well for everybody who that's under because otherwise you know uh, the reality is it's uh, on a per-case basis. There might be different things you need to consider, and that's where it gets very sticky, very tricky, and you'd have a lot of people who are disagreeing on what would make up for the criteria for that. Yeah. So and, there, and it's there's hard to really find. no way it to really do is. that. Yeah. There, there really is no way to do that on a case-by-case basis with any reasonable degree of um, accuracy or um, competence. Right. So you, you've just got to draw a line somewhere. Right. So, in, so by default, 18 is that age. Now – my 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 personal opinion for most teenagers that that you know eighteen is probably uh, a, they can probably make that sixteen is probably you know, you know pretty reasonable yeah. fifteen might even be I I, I don't know I, I but I but the, but then there's an issue of if a fourteen and a fifteen year old have sex with each other is it statutory rape 
My feeling is no. There, no. There's pre- there's probably consent going on well, there. I, I, I think it, it varies from state to state. My understanding is in general the law has a couple years leeway. Like if an 18-year-old hooks up with a 16-year-old, it's not statutory weight, right? Because they're within a couple years of each other. Same with like a 19-year-old and a 17. Sure. Well, uh, the question is, no. do they have a pre-existing juvenile relationship? And uh, does the guy have the card for that in his wallet? <laughs> no, but I think that there's something to be said for what you're what you're actually talking about there. I mean, how long have they known each other and stuff like yeah. that? I think that that's not, um, yeah. But anyway, but regardless, what what this douchebag is saying is that that he's he's actually saying that 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 it's okay, regardless of our laws. And right. what he is what he is suggesting is that these priests are, are shouldn't necessarily be uh, penalized the way that they are. But here's the thing: is if you're a priest. If you're in the if you're in those positions, you're not supposed to be doing that in the first place. Yeah, and and that does take a while. You know, the, the um, young teachers who keep hooking up with the teenage students keeps making news. I, I highly doubt there's ever a time where the teenage student would say, "Yeah, darn it, she's forcing me to have sex with." Um, but at the same time, she is in a position of trust where she's supposed to be the more responsible one and be able to say, "You know what." We yeah. can't do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree that, you know, the the 15-year-old that had sex with two of his teachers that were, you know, in their 20s, I mean, it, it was... Yeah, pr- he's not complaining about it. <laughs> no, and I and while I agree with you, I still think it's wrong. Because, yeah. Yeah, and for, for the exact re- reasons that you're talking about, you know, was he coerced? Most Probably not. I mean, we, we can probably say he probably was not coerced, but there's there's issues of, of you know, yeah, the... You have to have some restraint when you're in those positions. Yeah, that's and and also once more, what Milo is is saying is basically it doesn't matter any of that. Just you know, the, 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 no one should be held accountable. Just let them go at it. It's like no, we kind of have to yeah, no. have some common sense to it all. Well, and here's the thing: there does have to be this law uh, about it. I mean, like maybe we could make it more lenient, but there does have to be a law yeah. uh, saying that um, adults can't just. Uh, have relationships with children. There's there's no other way to do it, even if it's not right. perfect. Yeah, I agree. Right. Now yeah. let me ask everybody. Reading over this article based upon based upon after having looked at him before for the Leslie Jones thing, how much Schadenfreude did you feel? <laughs> oh man, it felt good to see him go down. <laughs> yeah, but and that's what he's. Let's see. He got he's lost everything basically because of the one thing. He lost his book deal. He lost his job with Ryback. Back or whatever the hell that site's called. Breitbart. Breitbart. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think it, um, didn't his tour get canceled? That yeah. Yeah. His tour got canceled. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. So yeah. him saying something that stupid. Well, he's basically... also, he's also not, he's also in the U.S. on a work visa. He's not a citizen and he's not working. We can get yeah. rid of him. Okay. But here's the thing is that I, I, I can't, you know, the, the right, the right can't support this even. I mean, what he went too far for anybody and so the 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 idea that you know he thought that breitbart would be okay with this are you kidding me (laughs) they don't want anybody having sex he thought he could say anything he wanted to yeah well he can't and and yes and so this is but this is this was probably a wake-up call for him but do you think he's gone do you think this is it is is he is no no he'll crawl out from under another rock yeah i agree i I think it's a huge setback on him which is good yeah so he but it uh, the fact that the right put up with him as long as they did, I'm actually surprised that that he, you know, that they hadn't uh, distanced themselves from him prior to this. I'm surprised that this is what it took 
for Breitbart to go, yeah, okay, this is not good for us. Because you think about the thing. I mean, he he's a gay male in the first place. So I, well, I, I think they got a kick out of that. They had one working. Yeah, I know. I think that. The, yeah, I think you're probably right. That's why he got. That's why he got got away with as much as he did. So. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right, I got one more faith healing here thing, <laughs> and this one. Uh, it, or, do, or do you want to do something else? We can talk about Emma Watson's breasts. Okay, I want to do that, but can I can I talk about this real quick? Well, okay. okay. With the breaks and everything, are we still doing good with time? Uh, yeah, I think we are. I think we're okay. okay. So I need to be off by seven. So okay, twenty minutes. Yeah, we're we're good. Okay, so let's uh, let's take a look at this. So this is a, and I started at Patheos, but I gave lots of other links, and and in fact, the, the link to it's CTV, which I I believe is is that uh, yes, uh, that's Canadian. Yeah, it, it's um, is it is it Calgary? That this this particular story happened in uh, British Columbia and Alberta, and so uh, these parents were uh, convicted of first degree murder for for the murder of their son. Their son, who was 15 years old, was what it said that he weighed uh, 37 pounds or something. Wow. Yeah, 37 pounds when, when they when they found this kid. He so he was uh, you know he was he was skeleton he was. He was extremely yeah. thin, and so he had um, he had diabetes, and the parents continually would not give him uh, his insulin. And so, and it's, it's somewhere in here I read that they said that they weren't feeding him. I don't know that they weren't offering him food, but he would. But I mean, he was probably having trouble eating, and his teeth were all rotted out when they found him. Uh, he was in pretty rough shape. He had been well. The in, the insulin insulin problem would cause the teeth to rot too. So. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, it, regardless, because it wasn't being treated. Yeah. He was in, he was in really bad shape when they found him. So, um, he, prior to this, social services in British Columbia had taken him in and he was released back to the parents at the dismay of one of the social workers. She, she didn't think that was a good idea. And I think that was in 2008 that that happened. And then they moved from British Columbia to Alberta. When they did this, they they um they pretty much kept him sequestered. I mean, I I I don't know for sure that you know how many people knew that he was in that house. They they repeatedly denied him uh, treatment. They hid him away. Um and to in the in a, in the pros- prosecution felt this was in, in a direct attempt to um you know to avoid being detected. I think I'm sure it was a direct attempt to be yeah to avoid being detected. So. But- how much responsibility does it take off you if you say I'm not talking about I'm not talking about criminal responsibility I'm talking about personal responsibility how much responsibility does it take off you if you say my son is in God's hands whatever God decides to do if God decides to heal him he will be healed well in this case none see and what the unique thing about this particular case is that they are they were convicted of first degree murder not homicide so the prosecution felt that they had intent, and it's because of because of these these things. The um, you know the the fact that you know they hid him away, the fact that they continued, they repeatedly denied him treatment, and this uh, this idea that uh, they uh, attempted to be uh, to avoid detection. So they clearly knew that what they were doing was was um, at least not legal. Whether they thought it was wrong or not, they they probably thought it was the right thing to do because of you know God and stuff. Wow, this picture is him at the bottom. Yeah, and he doesn't look fifteen years old. I know he and looks six. So yeah, so if you go look at some of the videos and stuff like that, they did they released a video of his fifteen of his uh, 
when he was 15 for his birthday. Oh, un- unwrapping presents and stuff like that. So they, the parents had some video and stuff that, you know, that were, um, found later. Um, yeah, he, but that, that right there is basically what he looks like at 15. Yeah. He looks eight. He weighed 37 pounds. So, Yikes. yeah. So we'll see what the appeals court says uh, on this case. But it is interesting that instead of going after manslaughter, and I, they even tried to, uh, the defense tried to say that this was manslaughter. So I, I guess, it, I, I don't know if there was a plea attempted in this case or not, or if they didn't like the plea. Uh, I don't I don't know all the specifics. But yeah, first degree murder in this case. And so uh, we haven't seen that in the U.S. The, you know, so... Um, They've always been manslaughter charges here in the U.S., uh, but this is one of the first that I've seen that uh, is uh, first-degree murder, and that's coming out of Canada, in uh, Calgary. Is that right? Calgary? Yep. Yeah. I think so. No. I kept saying Alberta, but I think it's Calgary. Wait. Let me go look at the— uh, Calgary. No, it's, it's all Alberta. Canada. It's no, all no, no, no. They're different provinces. But Oh, but here's— no, it's, Nah, it's just all one big mess, Brian. Oh, they, they only have one road. I watched South Park. <laughs> it's all kind of mixed together. We don't need to worry about Canada. Uh, am I getting the right? I know that British Columbia is where it started, but I'm not sure. I think it might be. You're. Are you in Calgary? Me? Yeah. I'm in Ontario. You're in Ontario. So no. Mad Cat is in uh, uh, Edmonton, Alberta. I, I'm trying to think. Of, Calgary's oh, wait, in Alberta. I, I'm going to look here. I'm, I'm going to. Yeah, it's Calgary. Okay, it is Calgary. Not Alberta. It's in Calgary. So I don't know. I don't know what I said, but there, the this particular case took took place in Calgary. I think that's the CTV, right? Is that Calgary TV? Um, or what is yeah, CTV? City TV. Okay. Okay. Anyway, it's it's Calgary, not Alberta. I misspoke. Okay, let's move on. This well, wait. There, there, but I do want to. The other thing that I want to bring on, and I know you want to talk about that, um, is that one of the one of the things I liked about this is um, one of the things that the uh, I think it was the prosecutor said. That they talked about other ways that the state failed this kid, and one of the things that they brought up was that the fact that the provinces wouldn't talk to each other. So when he moved from British Columbia to Calgary, those provinces didn't share information, so they didn't even know he was there. So that's part of the problem. So there's no way to check up on him because the communication got severed when he moved. Uh, when he moved, so the, it isn't like the states just uh, they they. The prosecutor took some responsibility and he said, listen, the, the system failed in these regards too. So, they, so they're looking at more ways to solve this than just punishing the parents. So ultimately it could end up being a, a much better solution. All right, go ahead, Ian. Okay, now, now for something a bit uplifting and encouraging. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Dumbass, you were the one that posted if you'd like to take off on it. Sure. Um, I want to talk about Emma Watson's breasts. Okay, this sounds like a bad idea right from the start. <laughs> Does it? Yes, it absolutely does. She's I mean, of age now. It would be creepy about, ten uh, years t- ago, but uh, now, no, no problem with it. All no, no. Here, here's the here's the problem: is that oh, she oh, she, these are the photos. Never mind. I didn't read this article. Okay, go ahead. Talk about her breasts. <laughs> go ahead. Wow, she, I didn't. I, I thought I I thought maybe this was just some some trolls okay. that were. Okay, go for go for it. Tell yeah. tell me about Emma Watson's breasts. But 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 since we're since we're on the to- topic, let's just talk about her breasts without referring to the article. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's the problem, right? Then that would be the problem if we're just having discussion about a woman's breasts. Yes. <laughs> so um, uh, Emma Watson did um, an interview with uh, Vanity Fair and had a picture shoot. Um, she she didn't go. It wasn't full frontal, but she her. Uh, 
a lot of her breasts were revealed. She's wearing um, a uh, kind of strappy, stringy thing that's covering her nipple. Yeah, uh, it doesn't even look like it's real clothes at all. That's the thing. Whatever but anyway, it is, it's uh, the, but yeah, go on. Right. It, it's basically it's art, artistic and it's sexual, uh, yes. and it looks pretty good. Um, uh, the thing about it is that she's gotten some backlash, uh, from it, uh, some interesting, because, interesting slut shaming. Yeah, yes. it, it is, it is slut shaming. Um, people are, because pe- she's big into feminism and people are basically intimating that, well, how can we take you seriously about feminism if you pose for pictures like this? Because all feminism is, uh, is angry man hating and angry man hating no sex ever. No, but here's That's the thing. What feminism is. This is a woman owning her sexuality right here. Right. Right? This is feminism. This is the woman saying, no, oh, no, she... that's not feminism. <laughs> yes, it is. This is this is the it, did she did she put this out? Is this the is this the picture she wanted to put out? Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing. She she yeah. willingly posed for it. She's not backing away from it. She was probably abused by a priest. <laughs> <laughs> but it is I, I think I think there's a little bit of a miscommunication in feminism about uh, this yeah. kind of thing because there there is one uh, kind of uh, position out there. A lot of women are, are rightly saying they don't want to be objectified, but I, I think people take that to mean that they don't want uh, that women don't want to be think thought of in, in a sexual manner, and I think it's more um, complicated than that. No, it's it's more yeah. not complicated, but more um, nuanced. Than that, because I think the thing is, no, women just don't want to their look. Yeah, they they don't want their looks to be the main thing that people find worth about them. They can have, Um, they can look attractive, they can show it off, and have no problem with it. But you measure them by other stuff than just their bodies. Right. So, like when when you catcall a woman walking down the street, I've never seen it actually happen, but I understand it does. Um, When when you catcall a woman, you're basically calling attention to her looks as the only thing you're paying attention to about her. And right. that's uh, pretty rude. No, from what I've seen, the real feminists have no problem throwing off their bodies. Uh, Neil Gaiman's wife, can't remember her name, suddenly. she's a um, singer. Um, she's a strong feminist. She does all sorts of stuff topless, showing off her body, has no problem with it. Um, and you definitely would call her a feminist. I wish I could remember her name right now. Um, but the, the feminists are the ones behind the... Um, uh, all the free the nipple movements that she's doing on the women saying, "Hey, we want to walk, be able to walk around um, without our tops." On. So the, 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 it, it, it's a level of ignorance and misunderstanding of what feminism is to get upset about a feminist because she's showing off her body. But here's the thing: here's the double standard. If this was Chris Hemsworth with his shirt off, w- w- would somebody be calling him a slut? No, no, yeah, that, that's part of the problem. Right, that's this is, this they is also, also this is also, also women that are criticizing. This is also women that are criticizing Emma Watson for this as well. Yeah, they also wouldn't call them a feminist, though. It's okay to criticize her. It's okay for them to have criticisms and not think it's okay. I mean, I mean, it, it is okay for for them. But I think that we are. But these well, double standards that we have are part of the uh, are are part of the problem. See, a, a man can do this no problem, but a woman does it. She's a slut. And and it's that double standard that that as feminists we're fighting. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and uh, it's also like the um, uh, the Madonna whore mindset type of deal where um, people feel like they can't take a woman seriously if she expresses herself sexually. Right. That's that's another problem. But once again, let's talk about Chris right. Hemsworth. Well, Do you take him seriously? That, I keep bringing him up because I see the appeal. Yeah. <laughs> the the, t- the tweet right here from Julia Hartley Brewer. 
ever watched it. Feminism, feminism, gender wage gap. Why, oh, why am I not taking seriously? Oh, and here are my tips. As if saying that just because she's showing off her body, we can't take her seriously anymore. She's just a ditzy um, bimbo, is what I seem to be suggesting. It's like, if, if it's sexuality to you, says they're ditzy and a bimbo, then you don't understand sexuality, lady. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, that, that, it's, and here's the other thing is that, I mean, let, let, let's go, let's go a step further. Let's talk about, you know, about porn. Are the women in there deserving respect just because they had sex on, on film? Yes. I mean, yeah, ab- absolutely. If, just because they had sex with them doesn't go one way or another. Right, exactly. But here's the problem is that porn stars have these same kinds of problems. You know, that they can't, that people don't see them as worthy of respect once you take your clothes off, even though, you know, most of America is watching them do it. You know, so yeah. so we, we're happy to go watch them take off, take off their clothes at our computers, and then and then you know when you see them in public, you're, you you heckle them. That is, it's it's right. a total. These, these double standards are part of the problem. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So so yeah. the so the issue yeah, is yeah, not this is, a, this is a person giving people pleasure and giving them a wonderful fantasy. These uh, peop, women in porn should be applauded. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And so this so this picture right here. This is this is uh, this is classy. It's not completely nude, right? And even if it was, so the fuck what? <laughs> and the red Claff already walked around on stage nude. <laughs> he got attention, but it wasn't this kind of attention. It was basically applauding him. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I I don't know. No, I when it, when I first saw the story, it's like I, I thought it was going to be one of these. You know, it is, and it is. It's an, it's another slut shaming story. You know. Yeah. <laughs> But well, here's the thing: at least the picture is released under her terms, right? It isn't. Right. It isn't a leaked photo. That's where we have problems with this kind of stuff. Yes. With these leaked photos, yes. that's an issue because that's a violation of 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 somebody's of privacy. But this isn't. This this is this is her presenting herself, right? I mean, she didn't. She probably didn't have to do Vanity Fair this way. I'm sure that is a choice. If I'm wrong about that, you know, let me know. But I, I suspect that is it was her choice. Well, she definitely posed for it. Exactly, she posed for it. I and so yeah, so this is great. I, I see this as as feminism at work. I don't know. I think they had her all drugged up. <laughs> <laughs> Look at her eyes. Well, I'm sure that they photoshopped the hell out of it. Uh, you know, that's all I'm saying. Well, let's finish up today on what I believe is um, a, a company trying to um, people understand that they need to study history to make sure they don't repeat it. Um, so I found this. I loved it. Uh, we already know that the, the um, company Cards Against Humanity. Pulls I got to drop out, guys. Okay. okay. Thank you. Good night. Yeah. Good night. Good night. Uh, the, the company that does Cards Against Humanity, we've already seen pull all sorts of stunts left and right. They're, they're, they're known for it. That they do some um, interesting um, experiments here and there just for the hell of it. But this time, the uh, Cards Against Humanity co-creators and secret Hitler board game to every senator. <laughs> Are you um, serious? <laughs> yeah. So basically, what the game is, is you play either the side of trying to get Hitler in power or the side of trying to stop him. Um, and basically, the whole design of the game is showing how Hitler rose to power and what elements led him to that. And so... <laughs> well, not really oh, accurate. Me, me and my friends play this game all the time. It's not all that accurate about how Hitler came into power, but it's kind of fun. Well, you've played you've played this, this secret, uh, secret Hitler secret board Hitler? game? Yes. I've oh, okay. It cool. Many times. Oh, okay. oh, you have. I, I haven't. I, I didn't even know about it. I haven't seen this. This one. So, oh, um, I, I lost somebody here. It, oh, that was Mac. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, the maker of the game saying, "Hey, listen, let's try and give you um an idea of what could happen if you guys are idiots." Uh, so. 
That's funny. It, it, it's, it's, one of def, you know, it's a political maneuver, no doubt, and it's definitely going to raise interest in the game. Um, you do hope the senators think you know, a bit now, look at it and say, okay, but mo- most likely, you know, they, they already have their minds made up, but you never know. I'm looking forward to the to their next game, actually. Uh, Oranges against the U.S. <laughs> well, that's cool. I, I, I love that they sent it to all the senators. That's great. All right. Hey, anything else? Okay, good. Because we, we can't listen to your bad connection anymore. <laughs> if dumbasses has got good and yours got bad. <laughs> I think actually my voice has got bad. No, no, there's, there's more than that. It's more than just your voice. It's yeah, it's a, yeah. There's a problem. Anyway, hey, well, thanks for joining me, everybody. Say good night. Good night. Good night. <laughs> and of course, that's another one in the can. If you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time. You're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Sharealike No Derivatives 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Kennel. Find more of Peter's music at SoundCloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.